2020, what a crazy start to a brand new decade. I think years from now, we're going to look back on 2020, and I think we're going to call it the year of the mask. I mean, the year that we had to wear these more than we ever have before. Here's a Christmas-themed one. This is going to go on our Christmas tree this year. But yeah, what a weird year it's been. I read a, a CNN article recently, and it just talked about certainly the craziness of the year. But really, if, if you draw your, your, your memory back to January of this year, we were kind of facing some different struggles. I, I don't know if you knew that, but the, the CNN article pointed out that if you think about it, if you take a pause, early in the year, we were sort of worried about a, a bit of World War III because of a U.S. drone strike in Iran. You may not remember that. There was also the impeachment trial of Donald Trump that was, that was supposed to be kicking off on January 16th. After many years of political acrimony, painful debate. But yeah, he was going under trial for impeachment. And then there was this talk of Brexit finally happening, you know, where the UK breaks away from the European Union. This was all happening in January, if you, if you can even recall that. And then, of course, there was this strange new disease that was making its way from, from China to the rest of the world, sort of this silent clock counting down to the time that this disease would bring the world to its knees. It's been called the dumpster fire year of the century. I, I, I sort of agree. Who concurs with that? If you're, if you're handy with that chat window, yeah, just put out there a little shout out to this being the craziest year that you've ever had in your lifetime. I know it's been uh, for me. You think about it, if you just keep adding to the list, right? We, we had all these things already happening in January, like I talked about, but then as we hit into February and March, we had lockdowns and COVID-19 and life as we knew it just stopped. And then there was, there was all this unrest on the streets for social justice and calling for police reform. And, and then the year culminated just recently with some of the most politically divided uh, election cycles we've ever seen, at least in my in my lifetime. And then add to all that the church and how the church and the faith community was responding to all this, the confusion. And, and we've seen social media amplify this disunity and, and, and distrust. And there's been all kinds of, uh, of difficulty, even in the church world, uh, a divided group. And it's been a struggle. And I wonder, and maybe you've wondered the same thing, you know, what is what is not only the church's response to all this and even moving forward, but what would Jesus have to say about all of this? I mean, all this sort of distrust of each other and disunity, even in the church, not just in our country. I wonder what Jesus would say to all of that. Well, I'm Pastor Ben. I'm so glad you joined us today here online on the last Sunday of the craziest year ever. I'm glad you've made a point of, of, of gathering with me and the rest of our church family and Christ followers all over the world to spend time every weekend on a Sunday especially to lift up the name of Jesus and, and to make sure that we set our priorities correct week by week. We're back here in, in the studio, my home studio, where we, 
where we started this whole digital revolution back in March, if you can believe that. We started recording our online experience right here in this home studio. So I thought it fitting that we end the year right here in my home studio. And I, I'm telling you, I believe God has great things ahead of us. And, and today I'm gonna to talk about something that really as a church family and me personally, I, I don't talk about often. It's not a topic that is for, first and foremost on, my, on my, my heart all the time, but I think it's fitting that today we talk about the ending. We, we talk a lot about beginnings and the excitement of that, but I thought today we could talk a little bit about the ending. And I thought it was fitting here in the last weekend of the year as we close out 2020 to talk about the end times. It may not be the number one topic in Scripture, but it's certainly an important one, and it's a topic that Jesus himself spoke about on, on many occasions. So today we're going to go straight to the, to the words of Jesus as we gather today uh, here online. We're going to go right to his, his words, and, and I hope that this can be not only a, a, a healthy discussion of, of what we're to be about here in our time on this planet, awaiting for his return and, and, and awaiting new heavens and new earth, but, but I hope this could be a hard reset today as, we, as we're together now. In, in the computer world, we talk about a soft reboot and a hard reboot. Well, I'm, I'm suggesting we do a hard reset. That is, pull the plug and, and start it all over again from scratch. And, and I hope that we can do that a little bit today as we say goodbye to 2020 and we look forward to what God is going to do in 2021. So that today's message is very simple, and the end will come. And that's a phrase that Jesus spoke in Matthew 24 verse 14, and we're going to read that here in a few minutes. But let's pause for a moment and pray together as we lean into God's Word. Father, we come before you here on this last Sunday of the year. Uh, Father, we know that, that you're not done with us, and we know that none of this took you by surprise, Father. So we are anticipating what you're going to, you're going to do as we say goodbye to 2020, as we look to 2021, that, Father, you would do a mighty work, and that, Father, we would be about the things that you want us to be about uh, no matter when you come back. So, Father, help us to lean into your Word now, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have a Bible or device, find Matthew chapter 24, toward the end of the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament. Find Matthew 24. And I really want to encourage you, we're going to have a few of the verses here on screen, but I really want to encourage you to, to grab your, whether it's a printed Bible or your, your device or, or online there, your own copy of the Scriptures that you can look at and you can highlight and you can make notes in. I'm going to use my trusty old English Standard Version. I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 24 from here. We're going to get into a discussion of Jesus with his disciples, and they want to know a little bit more about the ending. They want to know what's to come. And so here in Matthew 24 and in 25 and a few other places in the Gospels, Jesus starts speaking about the signposts, the things that are going to be things we're looking for as the ending is going to come and as that day of the Lord approaches and Jesus will return. So he begins giving them some ideas here in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. So we're going to lean in Let's listen in to this conversation. We're going to pick it up in verse 3. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the close of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. 
For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these, all these things are but the, the beginnings of the birth pains. Now, verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because of lawlessness will be, will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Well, Jesus, as you can see here right away, he, he isn't necessarily super specific. I mean, there's some signposts there, some things to look for, but it's, 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 it's very, uh, still very mysterious, at least in my, in my view. He, he speaks about the love of many will grow cold and there'll be false prophets and, and there'll be lawlessness. And he even talks about enduring to the end. But that phrase there in 14, I've thought a lot about. And then the end will come. It's interesting, right? I mean, what does he mean? And then the end will come. And I've heard people preach on this very passage and, and they would say things like, well, what this means is when, when the, the good news of Jesus, the gospel message of Jesus, when it reaches every people group on the planet, it will automatically trigger the end of time and it will trigger Jesus coming back and new heavens and new earth. And I don't know, is, is that right? Is that what Jesus meant when he said, and then the end will come? And how does that work? Because I, I often think, well, this, this creates more questions for me. What about every generation in all of those places? I mean, there's always next generations, right? And, and, and will one generation pass that on to another, even if the gospel, one generation was able to get to that people group? So there's questions in my mind about how all that might work. And then, of course, I've thought about technology. And I'm old enough to remember when the, inter the internet started to really take off in the mid-90s. And, and, and people weren't really talking about email and things like that before the mid-90s, but, but soon after, the World Wide Web kind of connected all of the different continents and all the places. And even now, if you think about it, cell phones are doing the same thing. So we're very connected. And so has the gospel been able to be understood in all the cultures and all the places in the globe? I kind of start wondering about that. Will technology actually be that thing that accelerates the end? As you can see, there's lots of questions. Now, if you want to dive a little bit deeper, certainly we're only scratching the surface of this idea, but in Matthew 24 and 25, we get a lot of Jesus' words on the topic, but there's other places in the Gospels that speak about this, Mark 13 and also Luke 21, if you really want to get into this conversation a little bit more. The reality is, Jesus' disciples, his followers, wanted to know a little bit more about the end. They wanted to know what was going to happen. They wanted to know, essentially, the future. And, and especially they wanted to know what Jesus meant when he was looking at the temple and saying, well, these, these stones will all be broken down. Because, see, the temple for, for, for early first century Jewish people, that was a big deal. The temple was the, the center of their identity. It was there where they worshiped the Lord. It was there that their, their, their kind of their, their, their whole pulse 
the pulse of their, their culture came from the temple. And so when Jesus is saying this is all going to be torn down at some point, naturally they wanted to know what was going on. Many of Jesus' disciples grew up as, as, uh, as Jewish uh, boys, and, and so they wanted to know uh, what was going on with the temple. What, what would you say about this temple, Lord? And they wanted to know that. And they were sitting, when they were having this conversation there, they're sitting there on the Mount of Olives. And so the Mount of Olives gave a great view of the temple. So they could just kind of sit on the mountain, look at the temple and be kind of in awe of it. And so they wanted to know what was gonna happen with this temple. And, and so Jesus gives them a bit of, of a fore, foreknowledge of what's gonna happen. You see, within a generation, that very temple will be destroyed as the Roman army basically cracks down on the Jewish people for, for, for a number of reasons. But under the, the guidance of General Titus, the entire temple is destroyed. So you see, Jesus is giving them some of what's gonna happen, but, but not completely spelling out every single detail. In fact, these, these uh, two chapters, 24 and 25, and then you add uh, Mark 13 and, and Luke 21, these are what is called the Olivet Discourse. And really all that means is Jesus is giving the teaching at the Mount of Olives. And so there's this very creative name, the Olivet Discourse. And again, we have Jesus giving uh, glimpses into what will happen at the end, but he doesn't spell it out in detail. And I think you and I are no different, right? We, we like those disciples, we wanna know. We wanna know what's gonna happen. But I, I have a question with that in my mind, and, and maybe you've thought that too. If we really knew it was gonna happen, would we even be able to handle it? Would we, if, if Jesus had given us all the details in the scriptures, would we even get our minds around that? I think many of us, I, I, me included, I don't, think, I don't think I could take it if, if he gave us all those details. I don't think I could understand. In, in, in this area of Matthew 24 and 25, we have Jesus giving notes and signposts and, 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 and giving them details, but not being specific. I mean, look, we've had man-made disasters. Jesus talks about that. We've had human-made disasters. We've had all kinds of things with kingdoms and, and kings, and, and we've seen personal betrayal and hate and all of that for almost every age that humanity has seen since then. Jesus speaks of the persecution of the faithful, and that's happening. Maybe not as much in our country, thank the Lord. Who knows, that might be coming, but persecution of the faithful, that's been happening ever since Jesus' day. And Jesus will use in the Olivet Discourse phrases that, that have to do with almost an Old Testament reference to a day of judgment uh, called the day of the Lord. And so Jesus will speak in, in, in kind of vague terms about this day of the Lord that will eventually come. And he talks about enduring to the end and that we ought to continue to be faithful and walk by faith uh, regardless of when the actual date happens. And he also says that his return will be worldwide and undeniable. And it will be a surprise to everyone. So we know some of those things as Jesus spoke them. But I think there's a reason why Jesus didn't get super specific on details. And I think that's because he wanted us as his people to remain faithful, to be watchful, to be ready, to continue his good work in the world, uh, to, to be watchful, but not, not over anxious about the future. And so I think that's why Jesus blends both current and, and future ideas as he's giving this Olivet Discourse here in Matthew 24 and 25. See, he wanted us to continue 
to be faithful and watchful and, and to have endurance. In Matthew 25, he adds a few more stories and parables, two of which have to do with being ready and being watchful and faithful. And, and he adds one more in chapter 25 of Matthew uh, about the least of these, being concerned about those who, who have less than we do, being concerned about those who, who need our help. And so he ends uh, 25 with that, with that note in that parable. And I think the idea there is he wants us to continue to love on our neighbors. He wants us to continue, no matter when the end will happen, to continue to be about his kingdom work until he, until he comes back. And so when will the end arrive? Well, whenever God wills it. You were maybe hoping I was going to give you a date, but I'm not going to do that. But we do know that there are things that we ought to be about as Christ followers until that the end actually comes. And I, I think, you know, maybe, maybe it will be that, that because of technology and because of the internet and because of cell phones, maybe, maybe the good, good news gospel of Jesus is already kind of making its way to every end and corner of the globe. And maybe that will usher in the end, but we just aren't completely certain. But here's what we are certain about. 2020 is about to end, and none of this has surprised the Lord. None of this has surprised the Lord. He, he knew well in advance what our year was going to look like, and he knows what next year is going to look like. He, he already knows, and he's not surprised by it, and he has everything under control. So we don't need to fear. We don't need to have anxiety we need to trust him that he's got it figured out. He knows when the end is going to be, and we have a future and an eternal hope. And those are things we can be sure of. And, and we can be sure that, hey, until he comes back, until the end comes, we can be ready. We can be people who are anticipating. We can be people who are walking by faith. We can be about the king's business until the king returns. We can go make disciples everywhere we go. As long as we have energy and the breath to do it, that's the work that we're to be about, regardless of what the future holds or when the end will come. And so the way for us to, uh, to maintain hope and to be able to cope is to do this one thing. And this is my big point today, that you and I as Christ followers, we walk with Jesus and we trust him to the end. We walk with Jesus and we trust him to the end. Ultimately, in Christ, we have no need to worry. We talked about that last week a little bit, that, that we can draw near with no fear, right? We, we mentioned that in our last uh, message of the Gifted series last week. We have no reason to fear or worry. We don't have to fear politics, the economy, the decisions of nations, uh, the decisions of government, the schemes even of the devil, the evil one. We don't need to worry because our battle is predominantly a spiritual battle that was already won by Jesus and his victory. And Jesus commands us, he literally commands us, do not fear. Now, as we look ahead, we've got a new year. We can refuse to play into fear. We can refuse to be a people who are always worrying that we can lean in instead to love and goodness and, 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 and helping one another, serving one another, watching out for the least of these. We can live with anticipation, not fear. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, he wrote this, God gave us a spirit, not of, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 1 John 4, 8 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Perfect love casts out fear. We know what we're supposed to do, 
Regardless of when the end will come, we know what we're supposed to do. We're called to be prepared, to be about God's kingdom work, to be good stewards, and to be expecting his return with, with excitement, not fear or worry. And we're, we're to be about his king, kingdom work. We're about the king's business. And that means our mission hasn't changed. No matter what 2020 has brought us or what 2021 will bring us, we have a mission, a mission of hope to bring love to the world, to live out the Great Commission, taking the good news of Jesus wherever we go. We live the reality of walking with Jesus and trusting him to the end. So we can do that. I wanna close with a prayer, but again, like every, every time we get together, I always wanna invite you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you're listening online and you've tuned in and you're not sure about this Jesus thing, but you want that hope and that freedom and that eternal kingdom and be part of that, you can do that today. You can say yes to Jesus. We'd love to hear about that. If that's your decision, let us know in the chat window. We have some hosts there to help you. We wanna help you take a next step. So, so say yes to Jesus if you've never done that. And if you're a follower of Jesus with us, we have a mission to accomplish. We're gonna be living with expectation. We're gonna be about the king's business. We're gonna be good stewards. And we're gonna share God's love with the people around us up until our last breath. Now let's pray together as we close 2020. Father, we come before you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the the encouragement that we got from your son, Jesus, about how the end is gonna work. And Father, we're thankful that you haven't given us too much detail that that we can't handle, but you've given us enough to know that we have a mission that we can continue to bring your love to those around us. And we can, we can live with expectation, but we're gonna be ready because we're always sharing your love with people around us. Help us to love our neighbor, to, to be concerned about the least of these, and Father, to be about your work until you come back. And we trust you because you're good. We trust you to the end. And Father, we anticipate a wonderful brand new year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.